What up, everybody? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast. It's me, Money, your friendly healer, just because I'm centering healing. Um, and I'm here with a special guest today. Do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Zab. Um, who are you? What you do? Tell us. Um, currently, I'm a cook in Syracuse. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for joining me. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your glow from a distance. Your vibe inside my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you to jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sis, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You're amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration, and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. You love. All right, so um, we're going to get started with this week's Queer Walk of the Week. Um, the Queer Walk of the Week this week is Raquel Willis. Um, I want Okay, so you can find Raquel on most social media at Raquel, that's R-A-Q-U-E-L, Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S-S, <laughs> underscore. Um, and so Raquel is a, a baddie, like, not just physically, mm-hmm. not just physically she bad, but... Um, the work that she does is incredible. You might know her as the Black Girl Dangerous podcast host, but she also has a lot of articles and writing that you should check out. If you're not following her on Twitter, you should. So that brings me to why she's Queer Walk of the Week this week. Um, so she had a Twitter, um, like, what do you call it, thread, responding to uh, Chimamanda's interview about trans women. Mm-hmm. And... And so Raquel just went in on her, and I think in a very, in a very pointed way, and raised a lot of, like, I guess good responses. So, so not just like a shady read of her, but also like really good reasons for why what she said was fucked up. So I, I don't know. Should we go through some of the yeah, tweets? So, uh, so she starts off that Chimamanda being asked about trans women is like Lena Dunham being asked about black women. It doesn't work. We can speak for ourselves, which I also think is a good point. Like I think we talk about this when we watch TV mm-hmm. together and stuff. It's mm-hmm. just like you're asking someone who doesn't identify with the community mm-hmm. about the community. Mm-hmm. And that definitely happens from what I've seen on campuses and universities, uh, the way that bodies get mobilized yeah. to speak about certain issues and activism more broadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they... They pick a person because of the name, really, and mm-hmm. not not the identity. Perceived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this was so damaging because, like, right now, Chimamanda is probably one of the most uh, widely known black feminists, and to not to not use her platform to stand in solidarity with trans women, mm-hmm. to affirm that trans women are women. And instead to to say some shit like trans women are trans women. Shouldn't be colluded with. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? And that gender is social and biology is uh, scientific. I'm like, but 
But the the way sex even works is not in this binary way that cis hetero people think about it. Mm-hmm. Sex is so much more complicated than XXXY. Absolutely. And even so to even say like gender is a social construct and um sex is is like scientific. Mm-hmm. Science is a social construct too. Mm-hmm. Like we choose we choose and she's a black woman. So that feels like even more fucked up for her to say. Because of scientific because, racism. Yes. Yeah. Because of the way that science has just fucked over at every turn black women for her to say that well we well science as like some um some objective truth. Mm-hmm. Girl, get your ontology together. But anyway, going back to Raquel, Raquel's um <laughs> uh thread about it. Uh here's some of uh Raquel's quotes. We know exactly what you mean when you say trans women are trans women, but can't simply say trans women are women. Cis women don't need to feel threatened by trans womanhood. If your experience means less because trans women exist, that's your problem. When you ostracize and devalue trans women and their womanhood, you are operating as a tool of the patriarchy. Just like white women historically felt threatened by black women claiming womanhood on their terms, cis women feel this towards trans women. So as you can see, like, Raquel taught some people stuff on Twitter. Um, And she also provided her um, cash.me link in case you learn something from a trans woman. Pay a trans woman. Um... I think that's important too. Let me put my phone on vibrate right now because it's always just my luck. It never rings, but it it rings when I'm doing a podcast. Um, that's important mm-hmm. to like Chimamanda got a check off that, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's that's really what the experience of marginalization means. It's like you're even cut out of the checks that are owed to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to know about trans women, pay a trans woman. Absolutely. Like, don't get a cis woman and do an interview with her and cut her another check. It, sh- it reminds me a lot of what I've seen Alok mm-hmm. posting about this week. Maybe I can pull something up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they spoke to this, um, I think, a couple of times this week uh, from what I saw, and it's really good. Um, if your feminism does not include trans women, then it's just patriarchy. If your gay rights do not include trans people, then they're just cis supremacy. If your trans rights do not include gender nonconforming people, then they're just gender binarism. If your support of trans women does not include non-binary trans femmes, then it's just misogyny. Mm. Say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) Yes. Okay, if your feminism does not include trans women, then it's just patriarchy. That's it, period. Mm -hmm. This reminds me of the conversation after the pussy hats when I was trying to explain to somebody that um, your feminism should include pussies, but it shouldn't exclusively be based on and around pussies. Mm-hmm. Like, it won't work. It doesn't work. Talking about. It doesn't work. And even for cis women, that's what I don't get. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can you not see this? Mm-hmm. Even for cis women, this focus on wombs and and pussies and vaginas doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Even when, like, gay rights or whatever frameworks get boiled down to, like, marriage equality. And then yeah. as soon as you get that, yeah. like, quote, unquote, your work is done. We've, we've achieved ultimate equality now. It's still, like, this good gay narrative that as long as you follow the hetero script, that you'll be accepted. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not about... It's not about an inclusion and an acceptance of a way of loving and living that is just not hetero. 
it's not about that. It's about forming it into something that fits into what people already digest and understand. Yeah, so shout out to Raquel for being Queer Walk of the Week. I feel like we could have took that as a topic, but we're going to move along along so we can get to the topic. Um, so the biggest fans of the week, I'm going to shout out the top four people who have supported Queer Walk, the Tumblr page this week. Uh, thank you for your continued support. Like I said, y'all helped me keep the page together when these papers and clients be kicking my ass. So um, that's how the fuck you sound is number one biggest fan. Polly got a swagger re-entered at number two. I think Polly Got a Swagger was maybe a biggest fan on the first episode, so shout out for your return. Uh, <laughs> Kid Crazy, always. Um, again, we need to coordinate a time for you to be on the podcast. And uh, Decadent Consciousness Soul. So thank you for your support, all y'all. So, the like and reblog of the week. So the like and reblog is where I talk about something that people if they aren't already following or liking they should mm-hmm. and so i wanted to like do that bumping, this week. bumping their pages yeah or whatever work they're doing yeah cool. so this week i wanted to do that obviously on the pod potting live oh, in yeah. Meetup. Mm-hmm. shit was epic <laughs> <laughs> it was so amazing i don't even know where to start so first off i have to thank queen and jay mm-hmm. for even like putting it together if you're listening to this and not following Tea with Queen and Jay, please go follow Tea with Queen and Jay. I promise you, you will love their podcast. They are hilarious and brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. So they organized a meetup uh, in New York City, Pod and Live NYC. Um, there were several podcasts there, some that were listed and some who weren't. Um, so that was amazing to just get to contact, con- get in contact uh, personally with. Other content creators. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where it's going to go because they gave me a lot of information about how to grow Queer Walk. Mm-hmm. And so I just have to put it into practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not an I person. Like, I don't have any Apple products. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like Apple is the key to getting your podcast popping. <laughs> like, um, the iStore and everything. Um, so I'll have to figure that out. Can you but, do that from a PC? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think TK sent me the um, the directions, actually. Okay, so I wanted to go... Okay, so the folks who were there, um, the Extraordinary Negroes podcast, obviously T with Queen and Jay, We Come From Queens, The Cure, uh, Bag Ladies, who were amazing. Mm-hmm. They were great to me. Inner Whole Uprising, Sam with the condoms. Yeah, that was that as soon as I saw the condom, I was just like, you guys are genius. That was so good. Yeah. That was brilliant. <laughs> and we went home and bought shirts that day. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, like, when you talk about branding, that was great. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know, in a whole uprising came to slay. Um, us, of course, we were there. Queer Walk in the building. TK in the AM. Um, the Bodega Podcast. And Brunch and Budgets. But there were also podcasts that weren't on the um the headlining thing like the flyers who were there uh two dope moms they were really funny we had a really good conversation podcast girl right the podcast girl yes so the podcast girl all right so i really wanted to connect with her because she does a solo podcast Mm -hmm. also 
And it's really hard when you don't have a co-host. And I'm always trying to pull my friends on, always trying to pull y'all on mm-hmm. to do it with me because it just flows easier. Like, it's easier for me to talk about stuff yeah. in conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to connect with her. And here's how wild it is. She took the picture of me and two dope moms. Mm-hmm. But I didn't end up connecting with her. I just just didn't realize it was her. And it's funny because at a podcast meetup, it's like you recognize people's voices. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh. You knew who TK was when you weren't even looking. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't even looking. TK was behind me, and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And the same thing with Extraordinary Negroes. Mm -hmm. I was like, I know that voice. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I hate that I missed her, but we, um, we linked up on Twitter. So hopefully we can get in contact because shout out to all the solo podcasters out there. It is least struggle, the struggle. So, um, yes, but that's my like and revlog of the week. I mean, I'm still riding off of the energy Definitely. of that event. I'm not um, very internet savvy, as you know, um, <laughs> but I do loosely follow a lot of these podcasts. Mm-hmm. As you know, you've got them on when we wake up or just generally playing in the house. So I get to hear a lot of these amazing podcasts Uh, and so I'm just here like there to support you and go out have a good time meet cool people and I'm like chatting with everyone and then somebody else behind me will come up and be like oh my god you're Chico Nico I'm like I'm talking to somebody who's like super famous or some shit I don't even know (laughs) but it was so cool everybody was really friendly and helpful and yeah I think that was like the best the best energy I've ever Mm -hmm. felt in like a room of people yeah because well, I know definitely starting Queer Walk, the podcast, um, these are podcasters that I've looked up to, you know, yeah. like, and also that motivate me to keep making the podcast and just motivate me in life. Like, I was trying to get explain. you through the election. Yes. Just, you know, a hard week. I don't know. It feels like um, podcasts are revolutionary in so many ways, just like creating community um, they're therapeutic. I know for me, after I do an episode, it's like I'm just vibrating on a different plane. It just feels so good. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because it's the only time I've had to like, catch up with friends, like Babyface and Cage. If I'm like, okay, we're doing an episode, then we get to talk and yeah. be like really be with each other, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I was talking to Queen uh, at the event about the the power of the conversational aspect of podcasts versus, mm-hmm. you know, your mainstream media that is just like, here's your structure, yeah, here's yeah. what's going to be said, Here, here's the only dialect or voice that you're supposed to hear, yeah. um, hearing people's actual accents, um, how people talk when you're just with your mm-hmm. friends, um, and that brings you in when you're listening to it, like you feel a part of that conversation. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. So I guess it's very accessible in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, I mean, there had there was the potential for there to be huge egos in that room because of the platforms people have created for themselves, mm-hmm. and everybody was just not that. It felt like a family reunion. Yeah, yeah. like like these were cousins that I just had never met before, yeah. and they were just like, "Oh, you well, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Make you it do downloadable." This, that, that. Yeah, you know. like that was. That was just so good. Mm-hmm. I can't um, What's their names? The Calamity? Uh, uh, Clapback Calamity. Clapback Calamity? Yeah. They really Production felt like... Production side. Like, yes. Get it to 20 episodes. They're just like, do this, do that. Like, yeah. giving me, like, structure. Ball it was like, points. yeah, like older siblings mm-hmm. that you had just never known you had. Mm-hmm. Giving you all these pointers for 
for making yourself better. Yeah. And it just felt so great to be in a space to do that. People telling you where they got their cards and stickers from. Mm-hmm. The Cure had, like, wristbands mm-hmm. and so, and different colors. It was just cool. It yeah. was just like, oh, here, you do this, da-da-da-da. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was uh, one of the guys, I think, oh, Sonny, Sonny Winters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking about how it's, it's very radical in that way, podcasts, because... Or at least they have the possibility to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, earlier you were talking about how it's radical because you don't need funding to promote, like, people of color-owned businesses yeah. or, like, just to support each other. Mm-hmm. You don't need funding to do that. You can just self-publish it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was also thinking about how it's radical in the way, and, and having that conversation with Sunny, but also other people in the room mm-hmm. about intersectional spaces that get created on podcasts like with guest hosting so with um that podcast we just listened to with sam being on a guest host on somebody else's and talking about polyamory sexuality transness Mm -hmm. and like these intersectional ways with someone who seemingly like wouldn't wouldn't have those conversations Mm -hmm. or like there was some work there were some things that needed to be undone yeah 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 but um, I think she handled that interview oh, great. That, that, that <laughs> I was, was just like... Mm-hmm. The way that the questions were being asked made it really hard. I would never have been able to navigate that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I guess um, to get to get back to that, like the way that podcasts prop each other up and are able to kind of do the work that we were just talking about with Raquel and, mm-hmm. um, and Alok. Like, yeah. you know, bring on someone who, you know, like, you're an expert on yeah, these yeah. issues that you're going to do an episode on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's like how that might not result in them getting a check, but from somebody hearing it, they could get a check. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so giving people the credit they deserve. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not monetary, I mm-hmm. feel like on some level that's a material support that is tangible, um, even if it's community building connecting people with free places to stay mm-hmm. or food or clothes like in a community like mm-hmm. building community any exchange yeah 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 i mean the way that you talk about tumblr is has made it seem that i i didn't really have this understanding of creating community in a way that like you know say you don't have queer community in your city mm-hmm. but you can touch base with somebody in california or toronto it's incredible mm-hmm. <laughs> and needed. Okay, so um, the unfollow segment is where I talk about something that you shouldn't be following <laughs> or that um, is not popping, not good in the Tumblr hood. So today, I just wanted to say that the unfollow is the weather. <laughs> We're currently basically caved into a hotel yeah. in the middle of nowhere. We're in. What is this? Liberty, what New is, York? What even is that? I, I never know. We're like, I think, 80 miles southeast of Binghamton, which is still a few hours from where we're, yes. where we're living. Yeah. <laughs> we left last night uh, hoping to kind of... Beat it. Yeah, beat the storm and got stuck in it. So uh, I missed work today, and mm-hmm. we're in like a pool house <laughs> restaurant <laughs> that's inside so of the hotel. All of the restaurants are closed. All of the... Gas stations on the street are closed. Anyways. I feel like I just can't think about it right now because... It's like a scary movie out here. Yeah, it is. 
And there's nothing on the street but all these closed businesses. There's at least two feet of snow mm-hmm. because of the plows and everything else. And Even just being in the dark in a... A, a, ho- a hotel <laughs> restaurant where like the bar lights are lit up. It's completely dark in here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So if this episode never gets out, <laughs> <laughs> they'll at least be able to find out what we talked about last. <laughs> you will have our last words. But yeah, the, uh, the snow is horrible. The roads are bad. Um, we're going to try to leave again tonight. Hopefully, the plows will have come through and cleared it. And for whatever reason, GPS took us on 17 and not 81. No, it takes you. We're going to get to 81, but uh, the, you have to go 17 and 86. Are the, it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, you got to go west, north, west, north when you leave the city. Uh, we just didn't go through Pennsylvania. There were like three routes you could yeah. take. Well, either way, I kind of wish we would have stayed in the city. We where paid. stuff would have been open and we already paid for an Airbnb. Yeah. Like we w- I've wasted like $200 on lodging. In the last two days. Just because of this. Yeah. That's not cute. So that's my own. All right. All right. Dashboard topic. What's on the dash today? Uh, so yesterday, while we were still in the city, we uh, made time to finally get out to see Get Out. We got out to see Get Out. Yeah. Um, and, oh my God, we've been, like, avoiding all podcasts yeah. That, yeah. that talked about it. Any I know. Spoiler, spoilers. We tried to listen to the last episode of Black Girl Dangerous. Yeah, we're like, ah! <laughs> turn it off, turn it off. We What's have, the second place? Wait, don't tell me. No, 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 no. So, spoiler alert if you haven't, yeah. if you haven't seen it, because yeah. we're about to... Try to break down to our personal analyses of um, Get Out. Yeah. So we about to go there. So if you um, haven't seen Get Out, I would say just stop it. Head. Yeah, stop <laughs> the podcast because that's the topic of today. So we're going to get into that. And it's the reason why I wanted to have Bay on as my guest host because we're an interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of interracial couples at the... Yeah, we were the first people in the... We were super early, so we just, like, sat. I thought it was just going to be us, mm-hmm. but then... Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, there were a lot of interracial couples yeah. there. Um, one piece of feedback that I had heard from a lot of our friends and people at work was that uh, it was a very interactive film, that, like, there were strange racial dynamics going on. Mm-hmm. In the movie theater, and the one we were in was completely silent. No one was like reacting or like except us. Getting, yeah, we were like, <laughs> oh my god, oh I can't wait to talk to you about that after. I, I was just like, get his ass. Like <laughs> we were the only ones talking back to the screen, mm-hmm. and I like that experience. Mm-hmm. Like I like, I guess that's why I don't like going to the movies because I really like talking back to the screen mm-hmm. and saying stuff. And you ask questions the, the entire time. time. Yep. It don't matter what we watching. You we who we watching Steven Universe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so what about? And then <laughs> you're like, shut up. So yeah, so I try <laughs> I tried to avoid spoilers too, but something that I did notice is that nobody really picked up on from what I saw again. So if other people did this, you know, kudos to y'all. But nobody talked about the interracial dynamics mm-hmm. of like them as a couple, so the relational aspect, and then also the periphery of an interracial relationship, which I think you and I have definitely experienced oh, in this God, last yeah. year. But friends, family, 
Um, they didn't show coworkers too much, but like mm-hmm. work environments and all those things. Mm-hmm. Past dating partners. Yeah, I feel like the first couple of hours after, when we came out of the theater, we just like talked politics for like two hours, mm-hmm. and then we like flowed into like, so let's talk about how this felt related to our life every yeah. day. Like it was, it seemed like we just had to mm-hmm. to go there. And that's, um, you know, people always say, like, the personal is political, mm-hmm. um, but that's, like, the, that's the real lived version of that shit, because we, we talked politics about it, and I think, I think it's the way we met, it's the way we understand each other, but then also, we've had, like, really painful moments from some of the stuff that get out showed. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, we can jump in. I took notes when we were talking. Cool. So. <laughs> Really bad at like recalling. Yeah. Well, the first thing is Jordan Peele as the creator, mm-hmm. um, who's biracial. So I'm. I think he has a white mom. I can Google. Um, and and a white partner. Yeah, a white partner. So that was one thing that I'm like, wow. Like how? How this go? Over? <laughs> oh, it's so important. I've never seen uh, microaggressions. Mm visually but uh you know laid out for you in in a in the way that it was done here can we talk about that yeah. can we talk about the different way that you and i saw the movie sure the blurry i was just like babe is this is this all blurry i can't like and as the movie went on i realized that they were like blurring the edges they'd blur the foreground they'd blur the background one thing would be in focus and you're like i don't know what to focus on um, and you're like, no, 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 everything's in focus. Everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> I didn't notice it. Yeah. I didn't notice the, the blur. Mm-hmm. I was just like, no, it looks good to me. Even like the first scene where the dude is, um, you know, walking and trying to find um, the address. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, why is it so blurry? Yeah. I was like, I don't see any blur. But the disorienting <laughs> nature of that um, uh, way of produ- like that yeah. production style it's just like genius I mean as we found out later yeah cause it, so so after I noticed the blur I think I noticed the blur on the shot where um the friend that I don't even know his name Tony maybe um uh Chris's friend so the main character's friend mm-hmm. who the, the TSA, TSA guy <laughs> he when he was sitting on the couch like doing his googles uh-huh. um like, this is what I do yeah <laughs> I was just like why is it so blurry and that's the first time I noticed the blur mm-hmm. and that to me speaks to microaggressions so loud because going through my day and I tell you this like mm-hmm. all the stuff I have to just ignore just oh, to yeah. get through the day mm-hmm. um but then when I'm home with you talking about it, like, it all just kind of hits me, mm-hmm. and I see the blur, and that's what that moment felt like to me. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't when he was at work. It wasn't when he went to the other officers or whatever. He was just sitting in his friend's house, and it all just blurred, and that, I was just like, what the fuck? Mm. Just, like, the the visual piece of that. That was... So, it opened with the song Stay Woke, mm-hmm. when, um... When we first are introduced to the main character of the movie. Yeah. Um, that song by Childish Gambino on his album. And that's the, really the theme of the whole movie. So that's what we talked about most. Well, no, that wasn't the... I thought that the song came on in the, in, in the beginning when... 
I think Andre, you find out, is his real name later. Oh, no. There okay. was no music playing then. Okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It was, it was after that scene. that So when we introduced to Chris. Chris okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyways, mm-hmm. continue. <laughs> yeah, so that stay woke, rest up like theme, that theme throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we noticed that like there was definitely another like motif of don't stay woke. Yeah. You know, within the narrative, like the mother therapist character who keeps sending the housemaid and yeah. the, basically the only black characters that you're seeing out in, on their like property um, to you should go sleep yeah you should you need some rest go sleep yeah. she she keeps telling all the black characters mm-hmm. to rest mm-hmm. to not be woke right <laughs> to go go to bed and even um, you know, when she, like, hypnotizes mm-hmm. Chris, it's, it's about, like, like don't be woke. Mm-hmm. Like, let, let me do this for you. Let me take over your consciousness mm-hmm. because you can't do it. But we need your vessel. Yeah, so that, like, I feel like this tied in, but maybe, it's, maybe it goes into, like, that deer metaphor. But that stay woke and also um, the guy talking about... I want your eyes. So I'm jumping all around in the movie. But mm-hmm. he's like, I want those things you see out of. Mm-hmm. That, to me, brought back the blurriness thing. Like, what what we see versus what white folks don't see or what white folks see that we don't see. And so he was a photographer. So also that piece. Like, Who lost his vision. The Oh, you're talking oh, about the white dude. I'm talking Chris, about Chris. Chris. Sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, both, so both, both of them, them were. were yeah. yeah, but he was never good. Right. The dude. Mm-hmm. So it's not only him saying that he wants to be able to see again, but mm-hmm. that he can steal his intellectual property, yeah. his capacities. Yeah. Which is something that, you know, obviously we talk about every single day um, that's happening all around mm-hmm. us all the time. Whether it's, you know, research that uh, the people actually doing all of the work uh, or writing or creating, coming up with ideas mm-hmm. for are not cited, are not, like, yeah. even listed as an author. Like, on. how you can teach a, a black feminism class or an intersectionality class and have a white professor, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that also, um, I don't know if it's cultural appropriation, but it feels in that ballpark. Maybe there's another word for it. Mm-hmm. But whitewashing. Benefiting the, the, from. Yeah. Yeah. The work and the violence and oppression experienced by folks. Oh, absolutely. Again, I mean like that's the definition of marginalized. It's like when, when even when you even when it's yours, you're pushed out of it. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have, I, you'll that, have a straight woman talking about yes, transness. Exactly. So that even when it's yours, you get pushed out of it. And that fucking lacrosse stick oh, that yeah. the brother had, yep. that to me was just like no, they didn't. <laughs> because lacrosse, lacrosse, yeah. which is like a native and indigenous sport yeah. that has completely been plucked out violently, mm-hmm. not just like plucked, mm-hmm. and made into this white boy, rich white boy sport. Mm-hmm. That's like really big in Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. it's it's so Central classed Maine. and so raised. Yeah. Like that, the the fact that he was spinning that lacrosse stick is just like. That is the the representation right there mm-hmm. of even if it's yours, we're gonna take it. Yeah, and then and then it will be like widely known to be something white. Like it will forever be changed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, but so I was thinking about like that, that seeing, staying woke, that vision thing related to like him saying, I want those things you see from. But it also made me think about these creepy ways that uh, people of color get used to, to like justify violent systems and like white supremacy. Definitely. The 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 continued references to Obama, like oh, I would have voted for him a third time. Mm, those like, are like really familiar microaggressions. Yeah, those are ones that you know we all hear every day. Yeah. So like so there, I guess I'm thinking about two sides of it. One side of you know that all you can talk about is black stuff when you see a black person. Mm-hmm. So whether it's sports, black oh, mold. I, <laughs> I love Tiger. Oh yeah, we closed the um the, the basement because of black mold. Right. Even. But you had a different thought about black mold. When he says black mold, yeah, so I'll remind you that. Because <laughs> I thought this was wild because of the way I thought about it. It's just, when he first said it, and he's like, oh, we had to close the basement because we had black mold. I was like, of course it had to be black mold. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't just say mold. Yeah. Like, you have to close your basement no, no matter what kind of mold you got. But it had to be black mold. Mm-hmm. But then um, later on in the film, when it's revealed what he's actually doing in the basement, mm-hmm. it's like... You really had a black mold, like mold as the in mold. like what to fit. Yeah. Noun, yeah, yeah, like you're you're taking black, you're you're pouring whiteness into black people. Yeah. It's a black mold. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's some shit. Mm-hmm. Damn. And, but you pointed that out. You said that it was like a well. You said it was a triple entendre. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember the other meaning. Um, there's so much to talk about. I'm yeah, like, my mind's all over the place. There's so much like symbolism in this movie and that's why I tried to take notes as we was talking because I knew we were gonna like forget stuff mm-hmm. um and kind of jump around but oh we definitely especially because this is Queer Walk I want to get to your point about um Chris's mother and how she oh is totally a character right okay so uh, yeah so we'll go back to other stuff but of course I want to center like women of color because this is Queer Walk um, and so, in thinking about that, thinking about the maid, I don't even know her name, but I should have Googled it. The maid who's, mm-hmm. um, who's the only visible black woman in the movie, but that Chris's mom is just as much a character in the movie as this woman is. Mm-hmm. And specifically, black woman's pain is centered in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's mobilized in in ways of of that's the that's the traumatic event that the mama goes back to to hypnotize him mm-hmm. this like death of his mother mm-hmm. in the most like unethical therapy session mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. could possibly imagine it's oh like, yeah all right so your mother <laughs> but to you know use it as a way to drop him into the sunken place yeah well because that's um, so from what I understood about the sunken place is like they um, they activate and I also haven't heard people talk about this maybe because I'm a therapist I think I've heard it from this list but they activate the the core most trauma mm-hmm. of that person in order to push them away from their identity mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. to dissociate from yeah, it absolutely. and so so that's what I thought about like this 11 year old boy who's sitting there like watching TV mm-hmm. thinking his mom is gonna come home. Like that's a pain. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a moment where you can dissociate and break from yourself, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Especially because he blamed himself for it for years, right? Mm-hmm. Why well, he goes and checks the deer because his mom died in a hit and run, right, like right. 
that whole thing. It's just yeah. repeating. And um, these ways, it also speaks to black pain, like the way it, it keeps playing out intergenerationally because like we don't heal and fix it. So, so he never healed from that moment. He just buried it. And so this lady brings it up to dissociate him from himself because she knows that. In order to steal his soul. Steal him, yeah. Yeah. So, damn, yo. I didn't even think about that when we were talking about it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, white supremacy is built on black pain. Yes, absolutely. It depends on it. Yeah. Right. And, like, that's what this movie really... I I mean, obviously, I feel like white supremacy is the umbrella throughout Mm -hmm. the film. But you get to see how it functions and all the ways that are whitewashed, erased constantly. Mm -hmm. You know? All these narratives um you know all these myths kept popping up like the diversity and um colorblindness colorblindness yeah yeah, you know the neoliberal logic right of yes if this doesn't undo people's like oh i don't care what color you are i don't Mm. know well who the fuck knows what will but when he was like so why us why black people and the dude was like, oh, I could care less what color you are. Mm-hmm. But, you, but you do, though. So it's not, it's not colorblindness, even in you saying it's colorblindness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't care what color you are. I just want those things you see through. But it's a particular lens that you're seeking. Mm-hmm. It's that black lens mm-hmm. <laughs> that you want, that, that they've built this whole thing around. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking to go back to um, the black women mm-hmm. representation in the film, um, the uh, housekeeper's, um, the lack of, uh, you don't get to hear her story, uh-huh. um, but you do get to hear Andre's a little bit, like they are able to connect uh, him with someone that they, they've known, uh-huh. uh, like, you know, look him up on they Facebook. They search for him, right. Yeah, and find out that he's missing, uh-huh. and for her, you only, you only see that she's the only female that the sister girlfriend collects yeah. in her shoebox yeah, full yeah. of black people. Mm-hmm. Black people's souls that right. she's stolen. Right. <laughs> and and so right at the beginning where he the father goes, um, you know, we miss my mother, so we keep a piece of her in the kitchen. Oh God, yeah. And that and, and I we're like, what does that what? mean? Yeah, what was like, the piece? Where? What piece? <laughs> Is he talking about the island? But of course, later we find out that it is the that their mother is the, inside yeah. of her. Yeah. But but then like the only the only action we get from the maid is primping. Like she's just looking at mm-hmm. herself, and it's um this creepy way of like black women's bodies being consumed. Mm-hmm. Like oh she she's just pretty. She's fixing her hair. Um, you know, he looks through the um the window and sees her, but she don't even see him because she's looking at herself. Mm-hmm. And um, that's like the extreme of what happens in pop culture is like all these um characteristics of women of color and particularly black women get mapped onto white women's bodies, and now they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now they're mm-hmm. better sized mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, still dissociating from the experience, right? Absolutely. So like, you you everybody want. Even the twerking. Men, twerking, everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, you want all of that without the actual black woman. Mm-hmm. Like, not her experience. We can't hear her story. Absolutely. So that is like the, ex- the extreme. Like, they literally placed a white woman inside of her. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And so something you brought up, too. So the silencing. Um, I was thinking of um, uh, all of the deaths, you know, in the last couple of years by 
police brutality and that we yes. that we hear all of, we hear all these stories about black young black men yeah um, but so few times black women and especially tra- uh, black trans women yeah trans women of color mm-hmm. um, so in terms of like representation I thought mm-hmm. that that was very kind of genius to leave her story out, out. but to represent her visually. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then the, in an incredibly interesting way, um, she's the only one, the only character who, it doesn't take a flash yeah. to, for her to connect with... Her old self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The true conscious... The true heart, yeah. Inside. Yeah. <clears throat> so what you were saying about representation, even in one of the very last scenes with Rose, the ex-girlfriend, where uh-huh. she's eating the cereal mm-hmm. and the milk separate... Um, she has all those pictures of the black dudes that Mm -hmm. she's collected Mm -hmm. behind her and oh like trophies on her yeah like trophies just like the deer on the mantle which is exactly yeah but the the picture of the woman is not there and so so yeah just like you said like the the very limited amount of stories we get about black women black trans women who are killed missing assaulted all that stuff Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that part about like it not taking a flash for her to remember. Mm-hmm. All he said was, "He, I remember the line because I was like, oh, shit. Feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, by he was like, you people. know, too many white people be around. I just get nervous. Mm-hmm. And she, and it just. Like it, a solitary tear. Yeah. And you see, you see the feeling mm-hmm. come out um, and then the creepy white supremacy <laughs> you know you narrative that yeah. just like robotically right. falls you can see it like coming back mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. for a minute you see her like she does this look <laughs> and then you just see it come back and she's like no 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 mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like which is so, such old white lady like oh no 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 that <laughs> hasn't been my experience <laughs> that is like classic old white lady <laughs> So that made me think about this. Um, you said it's a motif. I don't know what's the difference between motif and a theme. It doesn't matter. Don't matter. Okay, <laughs> I'm not you know a literary genius, <laughs> but um, this theme of staying woke. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when they told her to rest, she never did. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that also made me think about like how black women are always on the front lines doing the work, mm-hmm. and and people are like, "Oh, self care. Like you should just take care of yourself." And but the weight of the community really rests in like women of color spaces, mm-hmm. and that like no matter you can in this movie like you can transplant a brain, but black women always gonna know. <laughs> it's just like yeah. she it didn't take a flash for her, like you said, and mm-hmm. it um, in ways where like black men because of patriarchy, male privilege, male privilege uh-huh. it takes more like they. That there's still there's still a cushion to rest mm-hmm. on, but for for black women, a lot of times it seems like you know you can never step outside mm-hmm. of that experience. Yeah, there's there's you're like constantly awake, always woke, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be knowing. Yeah, um, and then I just think the fact that he was a photographer and it was the flash that set people yeah, off, yeah, yeah, like, mm-hmm. was something too. Mm-hmm. Um, because all through the movie, I was thinking about, like, black exceptionalism for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like how 
you got to be this super special black in order to the to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, they kind of broke that. They're like, nope, we're not going to do that because even Barack Obama being repeated, like mm-hmm. even these exceptional Negroes, mm-hmm. like get get chewed up and eaten up by white supremacy. So whether it was who was the runner, Jesse Owens, they said mm-hmm. beat beat the grandfather. Mm-hmm. So then they give you that so, as the origin story right. of why they chose black right. uh, victim right. or black clients. Exactly. <laughs> as if, like, yeah, that black exceptionalism caused... That it had nothing to do with the, the, the race of the guy who beat him. Yeah. Because, you know, we don't see color. It could have been It could have been anybody, but it just happened that, to be. You know, that was the revenge or... Yeah, because it made me think about so that it takes a flash to... To snap out of it, and he's a photographer. That um, that that's his his um, what do you call it? His exception, right? Like that that's what's gonna cushion him mm-hmm. from being sucked in. Um, and then so that that broke it obviously because he was hypnotized, but he did these things to survive. Um, but yeah. even with the TSA agent, his friend, well, who's I'm pretty sure his name is Tony. Like, there was something there. The fact that he was a TSA agent, right, who nobody respects. No, You know, people go through the airport and just straight up disrespect TSA agents, call them rent cops all that stuff. Um, but he's the one the doing hero. the work. Yeah. yeah. And he even had a line where he's like, we get the same training as y'all. Yeah. Which is like. And then he's like, um, maybe even more so. Yeah. But we won't get into that. Like, what? He's, he's sitting here mm. talking to police. Mm. And that was just like this huge commentary on. I was talking to one of my friends about this. Is like, Even domestic violence, because I think, um, you know how, like, no one ever believes the victim? Mm-hmm. Even in that, mm-hmm. it's like you're sitting here, yeah. like, where, like, the one person is fighting for, yeah. not just one person, yeah. but, like, a whole slew mm-hmm. of people that have been victimized by this system. Yeah, and that he could do that in that moment. Like, he could do that even to black officers mm-hmm. and they will still laugh at him because it's not about a single individual officer. It's about the system. Mm-hmm. That, I was just like, yes! So when, um, I don't even know the actress's name. I always call her Maxine Shaw because <laughs> she's from Living Single. Mm-hmm. That show. And I'm just like, yes, Maxine, when she comes on the screen. That, even that moment, is like, it's not about the officers. Mm-hmm. So, and so I can't remember what shooting it was even after, but they're like, oh, you have a problem with the police? We're hiring. We're always hiring. Come down and put in an application and police your own cities. It's not about the individual officers. It's about a system. Yeah. So he's sitting here pleading about a black man's life to three black officers, and they laugh at him. Two, two black and one white. But no, oh, yeah. I didn't think they were. Oh, I think so. I guess I'm remembering wrong, because I thought they were all... Like, there were at least two black officers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's just not about the officers. It's about the system. I wanted to talk about the things that Chris did to survive because they tripped me out. So he, I don't know, what what's, what's the cotton. first thing? Yeah, so he used cotton. He, when, he t- when he was scratching the chair and touched the cotton and, like, finally, like, realized the cotton. You see him focus in. I was just like, fucking cotton. Just like, damn, cotton. You know, like all the... I mean, I think most U.S. blacks and U.S. folks know the history of cotton in this country, mm-hmm. but that enslaved labor and how many folks died under, like, old king cotton in the South mm-hmm. and the amount of white families who are still wealthy off of and that. Benefit, and benefiting. Yeah, and like, benefiting. Like, 
We were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And and that this is the thing that ends up saving his life because he plugs his ears with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it reminds me of that that line from which Beyonce song is that on Lemonade that I hate because of that line. My torturer becomes my remedy. Mm-hmm. Like that's the same shit. It's like this cyclical black pain. It's it's this fucked up way of like, even in order to heal, we have to depend in some ways on these institutions that have hurt us. Like, mm-hmm. damn. Like, yeah, that's that's what that made me think about. Like, cotton ends up saving his life. Mm-hmm. Stuffing his ears with cotton. Yeah, you you caught that, and I was just like, holy shit, I didn't catch that one. Well, it, tobacco reminded me of the same mm-hmm. thing. Like, Oh, yeah, the way that the therapist yeah. is um, talking about, like, you know, she's like, oh, do you smoke around my daughter? That, like, that's my the daughter. The infantilizing. You know? yeah. <laughs> dialogue yeah. around that mm-hmm. just trying to bully him into do you know quitting how, smoking do you know how dangerous cigarettes are I'm like, oh you gonna sit here mm-hmm. and tell a black man about the dangers of tobacco when again like the growth of tobacco was built and and the really billions that you get to make off tobacco industry that was built it, yeah. on enslavement yeah, yeah. Yep. and so you gonna tell him how dangerous it is and when they sit here with this whole plantation looking house, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, this moment of like the contradictions in it. Um, and so then that also made me think about Rose and we talk about, I think we talk about this a lot, but like white femininity oh, and the, so fragile. Uh, the appeals to <laughs> innocence. Innocence. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I can't, I can't remember what the like other author was but I just remember having this conversation with Fanny Mm -hmm. um, around settler moves to innocence Mm -hmm. and all these little ways that the the oppressor Mm -hmm. moves to innocence so whether it's these conversations we just need to have conversations about it so you can be heard let's dialogue Mm -hmm. um help us understand and then you end up putting the weight of fixing the problem on the oppressed group That's that's a settler move to innocence. Mm -hmm. This that Rose was like the embodiment of settler moves to innocence in this movie. What? What are you talking about? Oh yeah, so you're just so handsome. I just can't find the keys. I can't find the keys. (laughs) Yeah, people are just gonna unplug your. No, I didn't tell them you were black because it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They're completely not racist. Mm -hmm. Like those. I didn't know that we do the event on the same year every year. When you find (laughs) out that this is like. She brings yeah. someone th- this weekend every single mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. A black yeah. person, not yeah. just anyone. Yeah. You're my first black boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all these, all these ignorance, I don't know, lack of understanding, innocence, cloaked mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when she's on the phone with Tony and he starts to record her. And she all of a sudden changes it to like, I know you want me. Mm-hmm. And makes it about like sexuality. And she's... Potentially the victim here again. Right, right, for, right. And he's like, oh, she's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> but that he could peep that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just so... I don't know. Like, the the brilliance in his character, mm-hmm. it, it felt so important. Mm-hmm. Because you want, he, you want him to be, like, the comic relief. Mm-hmm. But he is dropping these gems. Mm-hmm. Like... He's not just, like, a caricature. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. He's not. He's he's the way. So, I was I was calling this hood woke before, but Jay was like, no, nah, that's the original woke. Because, yeah. like, around my family, that this is the way we've always talked about these issues, the same way he does. And so, 
like giving him those little lines like mm-hmm. I told you not to go home with no white girl you know mm-hmm. just don't go out the city with her all those ways of how we've talked about like violence within community what were you saying um, I was just thinking about how um, we've already talked about the stealing of black knowledge mm-hmm. um, and work um, but the way that the film sh- show depicted um, white supremacy being able to control both sides of a narrative uh-huh yeah exactly that moment where um they were driving up to the parents house and the cop asked for his id mm-hmm. and she's like what do you need his id for that's that's one of those moments of controlling both parts of the narrative like she the white person gets to talk about how unjust this moment was mm-hmm. and the cop is also the like perpetrator of racism Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. like asking for his id and stuff Mm -hmm. so two like white people get to have that conversation Mm -hmm. about this instance of racism Mm -hmm. um and even though we find out later that she really didn't want the cop to have his id because then the cop would know there would be record of him missing Mm -hmm. so even in that even in like this stand-up white girl moment it was hidden like all this stuff all these layers underneath she really had this ulterior motive but there was so much foreshadowing too, which we talked yeah. about. Um, the Dahmer foreshadowing. What? The um, serial killer foreshadowing when his friend was like, "You think you just going over there to suck some dick?" Oh yeah. yeah. And, then, <laughs> and you end up Donner. Oh Dahmer, yeah. Don, like the Donner party is that what you mean? No, what? Jeff. Um, what, isn't his name Jeff Dahmer the the serial killer? Oh, that's sorry. Yeah. Let's delete that. <laughs> <laughs> what do people don't know? People need to know. <laughs> <laughs> serial killers um yeah that was a lot of foreshadowing um we talked about so many other parts. i know like the so so we had talked about well, the um, blurriness is foreshadowing the, yeah that's one thing like what the seeing that's part of the seeing and like being woke again too um those and then those little moments of uh being vultures of culture like the brother coming in talking about uh, karate and jujitsu mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. like just taking people's culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the deer was foreshadowing, yeah, definitely. That conversation around the deer with the dad was so gross. No, because in in the moment I was thinking, oh right, you when would the, say that first intro. Mm-hmm. With the I hate deer. I just say one less one. Okay, fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And obviously, like, that's the, like, deer becomes the metaphor for, yeah. for black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally, like, posted on the mantle, you know? Mm-hmm. And I also think about, like, like the... Even when they hit the deer, um, and the deer, you can hear it, mm-hmm. like, like, crawling off to die in the, mm-hmm. in the uh, woods. Rose being like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why do you care? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you ever try to save this deer's life? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that's why I think, so the deer, the connection to his mom who died in the hit and run, and then also the housekeeper who runs out and gets hit by the car as he's trying to escape, like those three moments being mm-hmm. connected through this hit and run. And so I have this huge fear fear of deer. <laughs> so this um, metaphor is like really complicated for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I think about it, like, maybe not. I've told you about, like, why I'm so afraid of deer. Yeah. I've so, never heard of such a thing, but that happened to you. When <laughs> I lived in Alabama, so deer are just 
they run the streets in Alabama, which they should because it was their land, right? It's just another metaphor of that. Like, it, it wasn't like it came into my apartment. My apartment came into, into its house, you know? So I had my screen door open and a deer got into my apartment. Um, and me and my line sister were in my bedroom getting dressed. So we just heard, doo, 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 like all of the, and, the deer, like freaking out. Yeah. It's like, shit, I'm trapped inside of a small place. It How just, do I get out of here? It sounded like a shitload of people had just ran in my house. So we immediately locked my bedroom door and we hide in the closet. Mm-hmm. And that's all we hear. Just like, because, you know, four feet hooves. It just sounded like a bunch of people in my house. We're screaming, terrified, crying. The cops get there, and all we hear the cops going is like, oh, shit, 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 get up. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, what is happening? We're in the closet crying. And so finally the police come in, open the door, and they're like, it was a deer. Some point duck. It was, yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, that was, a, that was a big one. That was like a six point, which I still don't know what that means, but apparently it's a big deer. Um, and so since that day, I have been terrified of deer because I just associate them with that fear I felt hiding in, in my closet, like half naked. Um, but then like that story of my fear of deer also makes me think about like how people justify racism. Mm. So at that police brutality, um, uh, rally rally that, that, um, those, middle schoolers organized a few years back in Syracuse. Mm -hmm. It was organized by like 7th and 8th graders. This white dude comes up and is like, I don't want to hear this because I was jumped and robbed by four black dudes. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and he's just like, so so you don't tell me that the system doesn't work and da-da-da. Like, they deserved whatever they get and all this stuff, you know, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what the dad said about Mm -hmm. deer, Mm -hmm. you know? And... It it makes me think about my fear of deer. Mm-hmm. Like they used to roam and just eat grass and be all chill and peaceful until we forced this existence on them. We forced them into like all those times when you cross that sign that says you know like deer crossing mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. It's just like this legit used to be their home, and we just came and slapped interstates over it. Mm-hmm. We came and slapped luxury apartments up over it. So it just made me rethink like. I'm still very terrified of deer, <laughs> but it made me really think about it. The way we just live in colonialism and captivity, just, yeah, it really, that, so that metaphor, I think, like, really hit me deep because, because of my fear of deer, Yeah. And that deer in the headlights expression that people oh, use. and you, uh, so you had mentioned cotton as being one of the the tools that he uses to mm-hmm. survive and mm-hmm. to get out eventually but uh, another one is the 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 head of the deer or like the head of a black yes, person yes. of the name of the mantle and he uh-huh. grabs that and ends up surviving that way too yes the head of the deer yeah, yeah I, how could I forget that mm-hmm. <laughs> there were other examples mm-hmm. but I'm just um, the croquet ball I think that's what he hit the, the brother ball. with. Yeah, the bocce ball. What is what is bocce? Bocce balls are like I don't actually know the origin, but like you throw it and whoever gets the ball closest to the like certain color, like maybe red bocce ball, mm-hmm. like wins that round or something. Mm-hmm. It's fun. But the balls are all colorful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe and that was maybe we should look into origin and see if that's yeah. Another. You looked up bocce and it has origins and. Apparently in Italy. Italy. <laughs> that feels like even more, I don't know, fitting that 
Like he this this um the brother who's always talking to him about sports mm-hmm. and the perfect way to premises. Yeah, like like the the best way to I don't know, demonstrate white supremacy is th- through his physical strength. Mm. And then he gets taken out by a sport that was originated by white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it's mm. just like hilariously ironic. And I mean, he gets stomped out too, which I think is fitting. Again, like this physical display of strength. Um, I think the house burns down. So that's what uh, Stephen was saying. It kind of ended on a cliffhanger. Like, we don't know. Mm hmm. Um, if they're ever going to find out what really happened there or what was going on. Yeah, we don't know that. And we don't know, like, if Rose really died, if the house actually burned down. I, like, would like to believe that she died. Yeah, I would like to believe that, too, because she was searching for her next victim. Even <laughs> in the final, like, moments where, like, she... Well, first of all, she thinks it's the cops coming to help her, and she mm-hmm. just plays that victim yeah. again. And she's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like this yeah. black man had just like come to the plantation right. and started mm-hmm. like rampage killing all of her family. Mm-hmm. But anyways, and then she's like, "I love you." And I'm like, "Don't tell me you're the real one." I don't even know what she said. Ugh, so just, gross. Yeah, and so real. Like mm-hmm. the way that white femininity gets to always be the victim. Mm-hmm. So that that's when we started talking about our own experiences and our relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you want to put on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but that's definitely played out in... In our relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Outside of it, like, the way people have responded to us, like, I I guess I'm the more femme-presenting one between the two of us. I guess so. <laughs> you get... <laughs> and, but I don't get to, like, be innocent in the same ways because I'm not white. Mm-hmm. And... Everyone's always, like acting like no matter what you say, what tone you use, that you're like attacking That I'm attacking it, yeah. And all these little white girls are always so ready and and have the exact same language prepared to, you know, victimize themselves. I just, like, don't know if they hand out, like, scripts. Flyers? (laughs) They all say the same thing Mm -hmm. around, like, this... You're, I feel very attacked. You are attacking me. Like, mm-hmm. I feel so attacked. And then can cry on, like, Q. On Q. Even though, in that moment, it's just like, hey, why are you talking shit about me and my partner? Mm-hmm. I'm coming up to... Cause, because in the larger scheme of things, mm-hmm. I am the, the one victim. being attacked. Yeah. I'm the one being attacked. Yeah, we hear, like... And how you get to cry, and I don't. Right. <laughs> like, you get to sit here in tears. Mm-hmm. Talking about I just you don't understand. Attacked. I don't know where the keys are. I don't know where the keys are. I don't know where the keys are. Oh my gosh, where are the keys? Where are the keys? Yeah. They're somewhere in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, even even the ways that you got claimed when we first got together. Oh yeah. Like you were everybody's best friend. Mm-hmm. Oh. People I didn't even know. People I've never had a conversation <laughs> with. It's really weird. I love Zap. Zap is um, oh, Zap is one of my good friends. We rode in a car together. <laughs> <laughs> That does not, but but in doing that, like they were, they were drawing lines in the sand between you and I. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were taking you in mm-hmm. and pushing me away, mm-hmm. and and in that, really, the racism became less and less subtle. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, and it was so um, so obvious that they weren't valuing. I don't know another a better word for that. Like our relationship, mm-hmm. because just off the sheer fact of like me being black. Like, I think if I was 
any other type of woman, they would not have been so quick to dismiss the, yeah. the, the, the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or ask you if it's serious. or Anything about it. Anything like that. <laughs> ask yeah. me anything about you. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know why my computer keeps doing this. Um, I hope it didn't, like, ruin that. But, yeah. I was just thinking about, like, how I've experienced something similar, but not exactly the same. Um, in uh, presenting masculine, I've never, or not in recent history, fallen into the category of, like, victimization in this way that, mm-hmm. like, gives you this pass. Um, and so, in my last relationship, ended up being, like, written mm-hmm. by our, like, quote-unquote community as, like, the perpetrator, the yeah. abuser, these types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did it with a black girl. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> For real, though. Yeah. Like, I think the way that you were demonized in our, very loosely, I'll use the term community very loosely, mm-hmm. had, yeah, I think it had a lot to do with who I am. Mm-hmm. And you being masculine. Mm-hmm. Because you were in the perfect queer couple, and then it's like, I'm I'm not what they picture when they picture, like, queerness, which is the whole point of Queer Walk, right? Like, you know, yeah, I think that you got to be, you got to be the bad one because of your perceived masculinity, mm-hmm. even though, just like in the movie, like, Rose shows that these little um, white uh, feminine innocence mm-hmm. is so violent. It's so violent. That, yeah, and it's just like, people go blind to it. Like, they don't even see it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't see the ways that um, Rose is killing him the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Sucking the life out of him. So and then, like, consciously, in the moment when she she finally smiles and, you know, admits to mm-hmm. having been a co-conspirator, or, like, who knows, like... Just one of the main found founding <laughs> parts of this even at system. The, even at the end when he's choking her, he, she starts smiling. Because it's like, even at him doing that, she wins. Mm-hmm. And he realized that and stopped. But in the moment when you see her smile, like, you know, you're not going to get the keys. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, she's she's been playing the game the whole time. Yeah. That she never loved him. Yeah. She was just there to use his blackness. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So would you recommend this movie? Oh my god, yeah. I don't know. I can't think of a movie I've seen in the last 10 years that I would say was as good as this. Yeah. It made me... So, I guess to close close out our conversation on it, it made me think about why we were the only vocal couple in there. Because there were two women who I perceived to be together. Like, they were lesbians. They were both white, mm-hmm. sitting, like, in front of us. Mm-hmm. And then there were several men of color with white women. Like, those kind of couples in there. And then um, what looked to me to be, like, a black man and a Latina woman couple came in and sat way at the back. Mm-hmm. And then us, <laughs> we're, we're queer and interracial. Mm-hmm. And... That we were the only ones, like, speaking back. Like, hell no! Oh my god! Ah! We we were the only ones doing that. And so, it made me think again about having a cushion to fall back on. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I walked out just, like, having all these questions, not just about the film, but about us, Mm -hmm. and, like, intentionality in our relationship, and, like, how to 
you know, we talk about this all the time. We try to talk about, like, deliberately showing up for each other when and where we we can and have to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then, like, about, like, this blindness, about, mm-hmm. like, not being able to see uh, the other person's experience or, like, knowing, mm-hmm. is this a moment when I'm dropping you? Yeah. When I totally needed to show up in a certain way and I didn't, mm-hmm. these failures, you know? So that was something that was really mm-hmm. important for me. Yeah. And we talk about them, like... So in the movie, when she's introducing Chris, she's not introducing him as her boyfriend. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. like, and this and is And that's Chris. foreshadowing, too. And, yeah. Um, she... It's like, uh, yeah, and you've said that, like, in moments when I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, introduce you as my partner. And I'm like, oh, like, I didn't really think anything of it. But yeah. it, it's very political, yeah. too, and yeah. important, especially because we're interracial. Mm-hmm. So... And it places us in relation to each other. So it's not... Not about like ownership, like that, like toxic mm-hmm, mm-hmm, monogamy mm-hmm, type way, mm-hmm. but that you, oh, the words are so. Mm-hmm. But like that, you know, I love this person and care about this person mm-hmm. and showing up for this person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So it's so saying like this is my partner's job is not about like ownership in that way, but mm-hmm. like don't fuck with them, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's not what she was doing, which Chris isn't the same if we were both white, right? Right. Introducing each yeah. other to white, white friends. Exactly. Because yeah. there's almost an assumed love. Mm-hmm. Like, you you know we love Duh, each other. This is bad. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we go, into, we go into grocery stores, to the movies. Yeah. And people are always, like, putting the actual, like, pl- piece of plastic between, between our Between our groceries. And we're like, um, no. Or, like, two we coffees. We live together. We're ordering our <laughs> coffees together. Like, I'll order your coffee. Mm-hmm. And then people will be like, okay, like... They'll call you dollars, and, like, yeah. and I'm like, nope, both together, together. Yeah. When we went to the tea house, I think that was the most yeah. obvious example of that. Dude was like, this is not for you. He said, this, this is, is yeah. not for you. When you were picking like, straight up, my, up my drink it. for me. I'm like, what? You're just there <laughs> stealing my bubble tea? <laughs> Jesus. It's like, little do you know, I be smacking it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. we are always like, in this strange public relation as a couple, which is really Mm -hmm. difficult. Um, And it's hard to just be us Mm -hmm. when we're at home, like, as a couple. We try to work through that, Mm -hmm. but also separate ourselves from Mm -hmm. the way that we're, like, interpolated. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, it gets hard. It gets hard to, like, turn off the public part of your relationship Mm -hmm. because we're always dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And... In some ways, it feels like that bleeds into us, like, mm-hmm. um, feeling separated mm-hmm, from one mm-hmm. another, or... And I mean, it's like, um, it's like the people putting the bar between mm-hmm, us, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. when we're sitting there watching TV. Yeah. Those, um, points of, like, not seeing what you see, or you not seeing what I see, mm-hmm. um, those are the bars. Those are the little grocery bars, the separators. White supremacy be fucking with us. Mm-hmm. Capitalism. Yeah. Heter- heteronormativity, mm-hmm. even. I know there's so many things that we talked about yesterday that we haven't talked about relating to Get Out. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. I can't even stay on the same topic. Mind flow. (laughs) Just like, oh yeah, and this, and Mm -hmm. this. But I think this was, I mean, it was a long convo. It wasn't a good one. Mm -hmm. So I think it was good. I love you so much. I love you too. And thank you for doing this with me. I'm shy, so... I'm usually like, this is ridiculous though. Cause like I said, we sitting here in this creepy ass, <laughs> empty 
Poo-haw. That's not why I'm shy. Just like, you know, I always feel like I don't have much to contribute to things like this. But but, you, but we live this every day. Yeah. Like we're yeah. This this felt easy. Not easy. Easier to talk about, but it's just so relevant to mm-hmm. to the day to day. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. Hell yeah. And I mean, of course, any excuse to talk more about the movie. There's yeah. so much to say. We're a queer couple that's. Black queerness. Queerness. And Mm -hmm. we talked about how that was dealt with, or how it kind of like, maybe it wasn't like explicitly referenced, but. Where? We were talking about in the taxi yesterday. Maybe we should just cut that out. All right. So, um, (laughs) do you want to wrap up this combo on Get Out? Sure. All right. If, um, I would say if any of you all are queer walks in relationships with white folks, please add to our conversation we just wanted to start it here Mm -hmm. this is stuff we saw um in the movie and so you just started talking about like queerness and how it played or didn't play Mm -hmm. um so maybe folks can add some stuff there um yeah and so i don't have no inbox for this episode so that's why i guess the dashboard Mm -hmm. was the popping part (laughs) um that's so it was long so yeah so again hit us up in the inbox if you have questions or comments please support the podcast and you can do that by sharing the link on soundcloud commenting liking any of that stuff or you can log on to paypal.me slash queer woc and drop us some ducats um the your contribution keeps the podcast going like we over here, well, me, my bank account won't be deducted if y'all help me out and contribute. Um, SoundCloud is not free, so <laughs> everything y'all do to help support that is much appreciated. Um, you have any like little ending things? Where can people find you on social media? Oh, I don't really, I'm not really big on social media, but I have an Instagram, which is Z A B C A R Y. All right, I'll put it in the info box. <laughs> All right, y'all, we out. Deuces.